Septentrio gazed at the wall-sized screen at the man who was making his report. Dressed all in black, impasse even affected the wraparound aviator shades that the stereotype dictated for a CIA operative, although this man was assuredly not CIA. Septentrio's lip curled. His man needed some discipline, and the next time he or his team screwed up in this manner, he, Septentrio, would provide it in person. "'May I ask why you initiated an operation without authorization?' he said coldly. "'Sir, I was laying a trap for a traitor in the organization. Did it require you to kill the researcher? His death has seriously compromised the authorized operation.' Septentrio brushed aside the man's excuse, which was unlikely. No one would dare harbor traitorous intent. Septentrio's reputation for punishment of error was too terrifying to consider it. "'No, sir, but—no buts!' So he resisted. You tortured him and killed him, and you only got a piece of paper with a half-done translation. No data on his computer, or on a flash drive, or anything. What a fucking mess you've created. Why was it necessary to kill him before you had all the information, you idiot? This is what happens if dimwits like you take matters into your own hands. Septentrio didn't have any qualms about killing. What angered him was the fact that he did not give the order for this, and on top of that, the premature loss of someone who was key to finding the final answers he sought. Although the man Rossler and his woman instigated the research, it had gone nowhere until they enlisted the help of the dead man. Now it appeared it would be delayed while they found another linguist to translate. If this whole untimely operation did not scare them off the whole thing completely... His fists clenched under his desk. Septentrio would like to wring the necks of the stupid thugs Impez had sent to get the information. It was a clear violation of protocol. Impez should not have interfered without authorization. Now they had lost a key researcher and they'd soon have to do something about Impez. But it was possible he could still be of use. For now, he would live. I want you to stand by. Sidis will report to me when the original researchers have brought on someone else to help with the translation. This time, I want the man alive, with the data. Do not act until Sidis directs you to, and by the fires of hell, you'd better not budge it. Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Impez sounded sincere, but who could tell from that impassive face what his thoughts were? Could he be mocking the most powerful man in the world? Surely he wouldn't dare. Deciding it was his imagination that a tiny bit of irony crept into Impez's eyes, Septentrio waved him away. Dismissed! On the other side of the Atlantic, Impas breathed a cautious sigh of relief, still schooling his expression and moderating the depth of his sigh, in case the connection were somehow still active. When he was recruited by a member of Septentrio's vast network of operatives, he had no idea of the scope of the work. But as a minor member of a minor branch of a Cosa Nostra family, he'd overstepped his boundaries once before, and had an urgent need to first disappear from his home city, and then have his appearance modified forever. The offer from the recruiter had come at a very opportune time. Impez wasn't a stupid man, just lazy. As his shadowy employer sent more and more assignments his way, he gathered hints from here and there, information dropped from other associates and victims, until he had amassed enough information to know who he was dealing with. That he kept to himself, for they were a dangerous group, so dangerous that even major families were afraid of them. But he parlayed his knowledge into a plan. For each assignment involving making someone disappear, whether dead or alive, he would do it so cleverly, yet with such flair, that he would eventually come to the notice of the top levels of his organization. He had confidence that he would be made a capo, 
or whatever the Orion Society's equivalent was. Eventually, he dreamed of becoming one of the four prime members of the Society himself. It was unfortunate for him that his homework fell short of informing him that those were hereditary positions. Now his only objective was to escape with his life and perhaps enough money to enjoy it. Impas was feeling rather savage about the dressing down he'd received, and like all bullies, decided to take it out on someone else. He called the two operatives who'd been responsible for Mark Sims' death to report to him at a warehouse on the outskirts of the Bronx. Before he killed them, he would question them about any trace evidence they might have left at the Sims' house. Two days later, two bodies washed up on a deserted stretch of shoreline on Long Island Sound. They wouldn't be found for days, and by that time, they wouldn't be recognizable. Even if they had been, though, with their teeth all removed and their eyes gouged out, a firm identification would be impossible without their fingers, all of which were elsewhere in a landfill. After dealing with the idiots who botched the Sims operation, Impez called Barry. He's upset. I don't need to tell you what that means. We need to come up with something solid as soon as they make a move. Be sure she's still reporting everything. Shouldn't we bug her house too, Impez? If she knows why Mark was killed, she's going to be careful what she tells me. And on her phone to talk to Rossler, I think we need more direct information. Since when were you in operations, Barry? You let me handle that part. And just make sure... She keeps you informed.